Hello, my name is Anna Callahan, and today's scripture comes from the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. We'll be reading from the New Living Translation. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was, he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole in the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat, right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Thanks, Anna. Well, good morning. I'm Mark, one of the pastors on the team. And every Sunday, it is so good to be uh, with you together. And yet, um, this Sunday, these first Sundays of the month are just so special. Uh, It's so amazing to be able to pray together, to laugh together, um, and to see God at work in our community as we approach the table in just a little bit uh, to receive communion uh, together. So um, this morning, just for a few minutes, I wanted to share two stories and these stories will uh, kind of circle around this text from Mark chapter 2. And um, These two stories, one is, uh, is about a friendship that I really haven't had for, for very long, but one that Pine Lake Covenant Church has had for a really long time with Camel Farm. Um, we have Deanna from Camel Farm and Cammie here today, and so we'll have a little bit of a—we'll have a chance in just a little bit to hear from them. And so I want to share that story, and then I want to share a story of my friend Nathan— um, from college. And, and I think these two stories will help us think about our own lives and the ways in which God is at work. And so today is all about friendship. The story from Mark chapter 2 of these four friends carrying their other friends to Jesus, believing that Jesus has the power to heal. And so this morning we're going to retell this story and in three simple ways, as we think about this one central question, very simple. How did the man go from sitting on his mat to carrying his mat? Really simple. How did this man go from sitting on this mat for probably years of his life to then not only walking, but jumping, leaping, praising God with his mat in his hand because Jesus had done something incredible? And so as we think about this together, I want to, uh, to look first at the, t- the text um, in, uh, in Mark chapter 2. If you do have your Bible, you can open it uh, with us, or it'll be on the screen here as well. Um, and uh, this is Mark chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. It says this. It says, Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. So, simple question for you this morning as we kind of put ourselves into this story. Um, 
who is carrying your mat? Who are those friends in your life that when things go awry or when life doesn't go as planned that are there to carry your mat? Maybe for some of us, we have those names that jump to our mind immediately, and maybe for some of us, it's a little bit more difficult to think about those things. But what if, what if this was the picture of what the church is supposed to be together? Not only carrying one another's burdens, but being those people that are vulnerable enough to be carried just as this man was carried. Just as in the text we need people around us that will carry us. And so this morning, uh, we do have two special guests here, um, and it has been this friendship that uh, I've really benefited from and grown from a ton with Yana and Camel Farm. And um, earlier this week, I don't know if you know the Pringle family or Nick Pringle, he is here as well today. Um, Nick sent me like a bunch of these uh, pictures of Camel Farm over the years, this relationship that we've had for like 15 years with Camel Farm is a really cool walk down memory lane. And so, uh, Deanna, I want to invite you up to uh, to share a little bit about this friendship that we've had. Yeah. And as you're making your way up, um, Camel Farm is uh, is a year-round working farm that also provides so many different uh, services and care and support for your family, for families, which you could tell this a lot better. But uh, I do want to just highlight a few of these photos. Um, this was a photo from our uh, trip just this last summer. Our middle schoolers once a year go out to Yakima, and we have an opportunity to uh, not only build relationship and friendship, but immerse ourselves in a new culture to see where God is at work. Uh, and so each year, all but one year in 2020, for the last 16 years, I think finally coming to church has been there. Um, and uh, there's just a couple other photos. This is definitely a highlight. Um, I know Ellie Crane is in the room here, and she bravely jumped off a cliff this year too. Um, and then, okay, check these last two out. Um, yeah, that is uh, our beloved Nick Pringle. Yeah, look at that. Look at that guy. So it just dates our relationship with Campbell Farm. Um, and then this last one. I don't know. We need to bring this tradition back. We haven't done it the last couple of years, but um, leaders were always getting pied in the face, as I recall. So uh, it's pretty amazing. But Deanna, um, thank you, first of all, for making the drive over from Yakima today to, to be with us, to worship with us. Um, many of us in this room know you, but many of us don't. So will you just introduce yourself, your family, um, and how long you've been involved with Campbell Farm? Oh, wow. Well, good morning, and thank you for having me. Um, so... My name is Deanna Bennett. Um, I've been involved with the farm for 16 years, on and off in some capacity. It's kind of cool. My first year um, working at the farm was Nick's first year here. Um, so we kind of grew together in our roles. So that's one of the unique things about our friendship and partnership with Pine Lake. Um, so I am, we have a blended family. There's, um, Myself and I have two kids. My husband has four kids. We took in um, three others, my niece and two little ones. So that we're a pretty large family. Um, my mom, so the kind of the unique thing also about the farm and um, being part of it is I worked with my mom um, on and off for this past 16 years, or well, now 15. Um, so... I got involved with the farm after my mother. I talked her into after I graduated in 2002. I was like, Mom, I think you need a summer job. I think it'd be really cool. And so I was flipping through the paper, and I seen that the Campbell Farm was hiring for a cook. 
And um, my mom has this passion for cooking, and she just loved being in the kitchen. She was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that, because she was working in the school. Um, so she starts working there, and then I go off thinking I'm going to go away for college for a while. No. I come back, and they're looking for a summer intern, and, I'm, and David Hacker at the time was um, the director. And I was like, yes, I will do the job. Um, that's, again, how I met met Nick. Um, so we got to work together, and in the past three years, um, my mom and I became were co-directors. And then um, last year, my mother passed away, so now I am the executive director, which I never would have thought, like mm. me being executive director of a Presbyterian retreat center. Um, but it's definitely changed in the sense of, like, it's more of a community outreach center. And since I'm born and raised on the reservation, it's a big passion for me. I'm a social worker at heart and a teacher, and so it's I've been really blessed to be able to give back to my community in that way um, because I know our people and I love our people and they're they're my family. So the farm is definitely unique in that way. This has been a huge summer of transition, not only for the farm but for you stepping into this new role and. Um, being that executive director. So what what was this summer like for you? How uh, how did it go? So it is tough because, I, I mean, I don't look like your typical executive director that's running these programs. And mind you, we have a lot, like, there's probably five main programs that we run. That's our feeding program, um, our summer youth camp program, then our service learning, our new young mothers program, and our STEM program. So there's all these programs that are happening. And I just... I never would have thought this would be my role. And before um, my mom passed away, she'd always say, like, I would tell her, I'm not going to be here once you're done, Mom. Like, I'm only here to support you. This is your dream. This is your goal. And she'd always tell me, no, you have a purpose. There's a purpose here for you, bub. She, that was my nickname, bub. And I just shake my head, okay, Mom, I, my passion is for my people, and I'm going to go back to doing social work full time. And when she passed, I was... You know, my wonderful office is over there. I was cleaning out the office because it was just too tough for me to do. But I opened um, one of our little notebooks that we'd share back and forth. And in there in big letters, there's, Bub, you have a purpose. And little do you know that it's here. And that's all it was. And she would do mm-hmm. things like that to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And when the advisory board asked what I was going to do next... It took me a minute because I was like, my mom just passed. What are you asking me about work for? And so, you know, it weighed in my heart for a long time. And then I finally was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. My people need me. This is my home. I see that there's power here, and I know that I could assist in this. So I said yes. And then now I think, like, this was my purpose. This is where I'm supposed to be to help build these friendships back. You know, COVID really did a number on a lot of people and we were able to keep afloat during COVID time. And I think like, like my mom said, this is my purpose. My purpose is to serve my community. My purpose is to lead my people out and show them that there's, Mm -hmm. you can do anything. Um, and one of my mom's favorite things was God is not a part-time God. He's a full-time God. Mm -hmm. And to be able to show my kids and my community that we're here and you're loved no matter what. And everybody's welcome to the table. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we can just close there. I think that was so good. (laughs)
Uh, yeah, for real, for real. Yeah, Diana, thank you. Um, I know that you have had an incredible community that has surrounded you this last year as you've walked through the season, and um, we have prayed for you in this room. We have prayed for you fervently um, over this last year as a, as a church because we know that um, your mom was a huge instrumental part to uh, not only your family but that entire community. And so, um, as you kind of re- reflect back on uh, this last year and uh, this role of friendship and the role of friendship being something that um, has carried you when maybe you don't even have the strength to to be able to move yourself. Um, what has friendship looked like for you in this last season? You were sharing earlier about the who's your mat, right? Who are those people that are carrying you through this? And sometimes what I've learned this over this past year and, you know, going through all of our traditional things that it takes to take mm-hmm. care of our people um, and really taking a step back and seeing who are my people, who, who who's carrying my map. Because often in um, my role in the community, I'm the person that's carrying mm-hmm. the map. Mm-hmm. I'm the person that's like cheering you on and going to show up in spaces that are really hard and difficult. Um, but what I've learned, and these are really unique friendships, is it's the people that you least expect that are carrying your map. It's like congregations like this that are praying for me and for the farm that I don't even know exists, right? And you find these little bits of hope and you're like, oh, maybe it's this person at a Pine Lake or maybe it's this person at an Emmanuel Presbyterian Church that I'm getting these random cards from. I don't know these people, but it's it's nice to know that it exists, that these friendships that were built and set in place years ago, before, I, I mean, I, I probably don't know half of you or I've never even seen you, but to know that you're praying for the farm, for, for myself and for the, my grief and our community, this shows like mm-hmm. authentic friendship, mm-hmm. real friendship. So they come in the most annoying ways mm-hmm. and you get to build on them. So you guys are part of the people carrying my mat my community came together and really, you know, as a community, we're grieving together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the unique thing about being on the reservation is our community is very tight knit. Um, and they carry you in a way that you just don't know. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's the small things. It's the simple prayers. It's the cards in the mail. So, so good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I know that it, it's real time that you're processing all those things too. Like, yeah. grief doesn't just go away, and it doesn't just hide, or you don't just get over it. And, and so, yeah, we... grief is like water. It is like mm. ever changing, and mm. you're ever evolving and floating. And sometimes, you know, you're getting, you're going over a waterfall, and you just free fall. Mm. You know, it's mm. grief is tough, mm. and until you experience your own grief of a very close person, you will never understand what it's like. Um, and I really thank people who understand that they they don't understand and can just hold space. So good. Thank you. Well, we we obviously have been in, in relationship and prayer, and uh, it's so cool to, to reflect back on these 15-plus years of um, little Nick. He's, you're still blonde then, too. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Deanna starting together. And, and just the way that that's just blossomed into this friendship now is, is so cool. But um, kind of turning the page and, and looking forward to it. How, how can we pray for, for you, for your family, and in this season in the farm? Well, first, like, my hope is that we can go back to all these things except for the pie in the face. I'm just, it was never my favorite oh, okay. thing, right, Nick? Okay. <laughs> it, 
you know, it was a great fundraiser for our youth group because they were able to come here and do an overnight here at one point, which I went into the youth room, and it's so different from when with the couches and the the sleepovers and the cooking and all those fun things that used to happen. Um, but I, I feel like we need prayer in just that we can further build our friendships and that we can go back to those things and that more... Um, more of you guys want to come to the farm. And I welcome all of you to come at some point, even if it's just to come visit us um, in the summer. If you want to come and just volunteer for a day or two in our feeding program or their kids program, I welcome all of you to, to come. Um, prayer in healing with our our community through, you know, the loss of my mom and that our programs are able to continue to thrive and to grow and that the farm can continue to have its doors open. Mm-hmm. Nonprofit is a tough, mm-hmm. tough field to be in. Um, but we're doing it. And so um, prayers for those things. Prayers for my staff um, that they can continue to, to support to support me. Cammie's a wonderful assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. um, and prayers for more, more to come, more transition, so more of everything, that we are abundant. That's so good. That's cool. Um, so as we've been sitting here, my phone has literally been blowing up. I was like, is Lauren calling me like over and over? Not kidding you. There's like people watching online or something like texting. Like, hey, tell Dion I miss oh, her so me. much. Like, oh, so, I love it. It's really cool. You just mean so much to so many people in this community. So, well, I really do. Like, I didn't know that you guys have church online. So now I can like tune in and see boom, things. That's awesome. And I, I really that. hope that, you know, whoever's telling me hi online, that I get to see your face <laughs> some, at some point. Come to the farm. So good. So good. Uh, church, can we extend a hand and pray for Diana uh, in this time. God, we are so grateful for the ways in which you have unquestionably been at work through Campbell Farm, through this relationship, through the opportunity to learn from one another through these last 15 years. God, thank you for the doors that you have opened and that so many people have walked through that have been impacted by Diana by Carmen, by their family, by the farm, by the staff that works so tirelessly to serve a community that we just get to get a glimpse of the ways in which the kingdom of God is expanding through your work in Wapato. So Lord, continue to surround Diana, surround her family as they walk through seasons of grief, as they walk through what it means to celebrate and honor and miss Carmen. Lord, thank you for the ways in which Carmen has had such an impact on not only this church, but so many students who have chose to go to Campbell Farm for a summer trip. And so, Lord, as we look forward to new opportunities with new relationships and new pathways to, to strengthen our friendship with Campbell Farm, Lord, would you guide, would you continue to um, strengthen the staff at Campbell Farm to um, give them creativity and um, support and funding and all the things necessary so that they'll be able to continue to serve their community so faithfully. Lord, we're grateful for this time. We're grateful for the ways in which you call us yours. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we thank Diana again for sharing this morning? Thank you. In just a moment, we'll be moving to the table to receive communion together. 
And yet we have this, this story that is unfinished with um, these friends bringing their friend to Jesus. And, and so this next part, uh, as we think about the friends, they didn't just carry their friend. They carried their friend to Jesus. They specifically went and lowered their friend. Boldly, courageously, probably pretty insanely, had the passion, had belief that if they could get their friend to Jesus, that this man's life would be changed. So, Kairos kids, students, parents, grandparents, anyone in this room today thinking about the relationships, the friendships that you have, the greatest gift you can ever receive and offer is to carry your friends into the presence of Jesus. May we be a community that carries one another, not just aimlessly around supporting one another, but carrying one another to the presence of Jesus. In January of 2020, um, I was in Chicago with um, Pastor Nancy and actually Pastor Austin. Didn't even know him at that time. Um, but we were at this conference and um, Lauren and I, uh, we had just found out that we were pregnant. It was super exciting. Um, we'd been trying for a really long time and, um, and, uh, and we were finally pregnant. And so um, I was at this conference and uh, I got to stay an extra day, and one of my friends from, from college also lived in Chicago at the time. And so uh, I got to connect with this friend after the conference, and um, I hadn't seen them in like two years, right? And so I came in the door, and I, uh, I put my bags down. I went downstairs to use the bathroom, um, gave uh, my buddy a, a big hug, and I said, I'll meet you upstairs. And then I got a call from Lauren. And... I know many of you have been in this situation too, but my heart just dropped because she was crying and she said, we're having a miscarriage. And so I was 2,000 miles apart from her, right? Like the one place that I needed to be at that time was a spot that I couldn't be. And yet, in that moment, two things happened. Number one, um, I didn't have to say anything to my friend. I didn't say anything to my friend for probably two minutes. I just ran to him and hugged him and just crying, bawling, right? And he was just embracing me. Like, he didn't know what was going on. Like, I literally just walked in his door, and he is now holding me as I'm crying like a little baby, right? And, and, uh, and he ended up just supporting me throughout the rest of that evening, prayed over me. We talked about it. We processed it. I hopped on a plane the next morning and got to be back with Lauren. But in that same moment, Uh, Many of you know her. Meg Harmon um, was uh, the first person that Lauren called and said, um, Meg, I don't know what to do. Can you just be here? I don't know. Meg was teaching or something. She dropped everything and just sat next to Lauren the entire afternoon as she went through everything that she had to go through at the hospital. And to me, like, when I look back on that picture, obviously I was impacted. Obviously my wife was impacted. But those are the stories that I think as a community we, we reflect back upon and say, that is the, the Spirit of God, the Kingdom of God at work in, in ways that we can never imagine. That not only were we, Lauren and I, being carried, but we were carried into the presence of Jesus through my friend Nate, through Meg Harmon, as we were brought near to Jesus in times of trial. And so for many of us today, I... 
I, I don't know, but I do know that you've had seasons on both sides of the mat. You've had seasons on both sides of, of needing to be carried and needing to be that person to carry others. And so this, this last picture that we get from the story today is that there was something about Jesus, or, or again, this is early on in Mark chapter 2, there was something about the power of Jesus that these people knew could happen. That Jesus was able to forgive. Look at the, the text. Uh, it says this in, um, in verse 5. It says, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Seeing their faith. Did you catch that? Like, it had nothing to do, the person on the mat had done nothing, right? The text says, seeing their faith, seeing the faith of the friends is what brought healing to this man on the mat. And there's so much theologically, I'm sure that we can unpack there, but, but this is what I see going on there, that there is power in community, that there is power in our togetherness, and the power of the Spirit flows through you as you change lives of others, specifically your friends, when you're in close proximity. There's something about being carried, but not only carried, carried into the presence of Jesus, but not only into the presence of Jesus, being carried knowing that Jesus has the power to redeem any and every situation. And that is what we proclaim this morning. Would you pray with me? I don't know where, where you are this morning, but I do know that you're in one of two places. Either you are finding yourself on the mat, or you know you're finding yourself in a spot now where you are called to be carrying that mat for someone else. And so in just a moment, we will approach the table to receive communion together. But I invite you to lay that before Jesus. Maybe that means finding that friend to carry your mat. Maybe that means finding that person that just so desperately needs to be carried into the presence of Jesus in this season. And so, Lord, would you give us that wisdom, give us that discernment, give us that Holy Spirit prodding of what that might look like in this next season for each of us. And how we might be a community that together sees you at work for the ways in which we love one another. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.